Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good afternoon, good evening everybody, it's me Dov from Forza Time Football and I am back, or we are back, the break is almost over, hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and as you probably guessed by the title and graphics and everything on this podcast we're going to talk about Lazio with Mr Alistair McKenzie who's a, a freelance uh, journalist, not, it's not, not just football, sports journalist, he also has his own podcast The Lazio Lounge and he's also of the good parish Forza Italian football. Alistair, how are you doing? Happy 2019. Yeah, happy 2019 to you too. Um, doing very well. I didn't start in the best way because I got sick as soon as the year turned, basically, like like always happens. But uh, yeah, I've made it back to Rome and um, yeah, looking forward to, to things getting underway and uh, a bit of a chat about what's been going on with Lazio so far. Well, exactly. So, you, so if you don't know listener people, Alistair is in fact in the Eternal City all the time and he spends most of his days either, well actually, well, yeah, every, every couple of days you're at the Stadio Olimpico watching the mighty Roma and the wonderful Lazio and then we're going to do the plug now because you've also got your podcast, the Lazio Lounge, which is about Lazio, kind of similar to this one, but you do it every week. Yeah, we do. Um, it's been going for about a year and a half now. Um, and we tend to, well, we, we, we do a podcast after every game and and some additional extra ones on top of that. And uh, it's me and uh, another journalist called Vittorio Campanile, who's who's from Rome. And uh, yeah, we, we basically like to discuss all the goings on. Um, we just had our 100th episode quite recently, so we're pretty prolific, or try to be at least. So uh, yeah, if you, if you do have any interest in English language coverage of Lazio um, please give us a search online Twitter Facebook and you can find us on Spotify iTunes all, all the usual stuff really and uh, and yeah we'll we'll give you plenty of chat until you're bored 
There we go, right? They, they don't even need to search for Alistair because all the links are in the description and the uh, Lazio Lang podcast is also available on ForzaTimeFootball.com so you can get all, the, all that there. Everything will be in the article description and all that, all the links and stuff like that, people. So if you enjoy this podcast, this is just a little taste of what you could get every week from Alistair. So there you go. Um, right, plugs done. Uh, everything sorted. Let's get into the meat, the meat and bones of what we're going to talk about today, which is, of course, uh, is it Rome's first team, Alistair? Is that what you lot say? Like the first team in Rome? That's the one. That's the first the one. team of Rome. Yeah, yeah. 119 <laughs> years old yesterday. There you go. Happy birthday, Lazio. Um, right, so this, like, so obviously last season you didn't qualify for the Champions League, uh, which was very, very disappointing. <sighs> you went into this season and after you played Juve and Napoli, which obviously you got beat, you went on a pretty decent run. And I think you only lost to Roma and Inter in all competitions by the end of October. And I can remember kind of talking, uh, obviously, on the Force Entire Football podcast and, and just in general to people at games about how Lazio are a really, really good team. And they're kind of bu- building on a great season last season. Um, but the problem, though, about one issue is you always lose to the big teams. Why? Um, if I had the answer to that, I probably wouldn't be doing this job. I'd be employed by the club <laughs> by now. Um, it is a weird one. It's been a really weird season, all in all, actually. But that has definitely been one of the, the big talking points to it. Um, one of the things everyone's been chewing over and trying to work out an answer to, especially in the, the early part of the season. Because you mentioned, I mean, it was a really tough start with Napoli and Juve in the, the opening two weeks. But you'd hope to get at least a point out of that, maybe. Um, and then defeating the Derby against a Roma team who have been underperforming this season. Uh, a really poor defeat to Inter. And then the only game in, against the other top six teams, I suppose, that didn't end up in a defeat was the one against Milan, which ended up in a one-all draw. But that was really a, a game the Lazio should have won and they needed a last-minute equaliser. And that was a very decimated Milan team as well. So... Yeah, it's been disappointing, and the thing is as well, Lazio have kind of in recent years had trouble getting points in the big games, but last year there seemed to be a little bit of a turning point because you got two wins against Juventus, one in the Supercoppa, and then more impressively, in my opinion, away to them in Turin in the league, and I think we were the first team in some, some ridiculous amount of time to get a win in, uh, in Turin against them um and then on top of that absolutely hammered milan 4-1 at home and in some other game you know got draws against inter and and in derby as well so it, this year has definitely been um a decline i suppose in those games and it's really been the results against the, the lower to mid table teams that have kept lazio up in the, in the top four um so much but it seems like I'm kind of uh, always in the, the longer, argument, sorry, Alistair. I'm always of the argument that it doesn't matter if you get beat off the big teams as long as you beat all the little teams which you were doing. Well, yeah, I, I do I do buy into that as well. But at the same time, I think to, to finish ahead of those teams, you do need to be taking points off them, um, even if that's just a draw, just to, to stop the, um, their momentum as well as, as building your own. And uh, I don't think Lazio can really hope to be getting in the top four unless in the second half of the season we do start to pick up results in these games because I think it's also a problem where the longer it goes on the worse it gets um, you know that a lot of it is a mentality issue I think that the players lack the belief to 
get results and impose their own style of play in these games. We've seen that in several games so far this season, Napoli and Juventus included right at the start, where Lazio started the games really brightly and were kind of dictating the play, and then as soon as they go behind, um, mm. the game's gone. And same thing happened against Inter. Um, so I think they do need to find a way mentally to address that, and that's that's the thing that's puzzled me the most, is that last season they finally proved that they can get results in these big games, get big wins, and that should have given them the, I suppose, the confidence to to go and push into this season and do the same thing. But instead, they've taken a step backwards, and the more these results come along, uh, the harder it gets. And now, uh, now we're back to square one because, uh, as you know, we're about to start the second half of the season, and lo and behold, we've got Napoli and Juventus coming up. So we'll soon find out if that's been addressed. Yeah, it's kind of good that they've done a break right in the middle of the season, which makes everybody's life a lot easier when you're doing all these mid-season reviews and stuff like that. So I kind of quite like it. But so so what what I'm kind of gathering from what you've just said then is that that I think it was about seven matches in all competitions between kind of mid-November to mid-December where you didn't win. Are you just saying that's down to mentality? You couldn't beat the likes of Sassuolo or Apollon in the Europa League or the mighty Chievo. You lost to Atalanta. And, and there's about three people no, when, I you, mean, when you got beat at home of Frankfurt there. No, I think the uh, the mentality issue for me is more one in, in the big games and the kind of lack of confidence in those games. Um, but yeah, the results you're talking about now were really just the, the realisation of a, a dip of dip in performance that that had been present before then. I mean, it's been a funny season because up until that draw with Sassuolo, which was in November, the only teams Lazio had lost against in the league were, were, you know, big, big six teams. And then all of a sudden, Lazio hadn't drawn a single game and all of a sudden they get four four draws in a row against Sassuolo, Milan, uh, Chievo, who they Sampdoria. definitely should be beating. Uh, and well, hold on. You, um, you got Chievo at a bad time because that was just <laughs> after Di Carlo came back in and they'd just drawn with Napoli. So you got you got Chievo maybe a week or two weeks. Yeah. Right. No, so quite right. Like um, them. <laughs> but I mean, the thing was that people had already been complaining about the performances before then. I mean, there had been, you know, Frosinone were only beaten by a single goal, as were Empoli. And Empoli actually had... To, they should have got a draw. If it wasn't for an amazing save from Thomas Strakosha right at the end of that game, they would have got a draw in that. And the only really convincing performances had been 4-1 wins against Genoa and Spal, um, and then in the Europa League against Marseille, a really good win as well. But, the, you know, they weren't really convincing that many people. And last season, Lazio weren't just winning games, but they were blowing teams away. And their attacking prowess was their biggest weapon. And it was a really... You know, that Lazio team at their best was a pretty formidable sight. And this season, we've not really seen that. It's been really, um, I don't know, it's it's not been nearly as fluid as it was last year. And even though they were getting results in those games early in the season, people weren't always convinced. So when that lull came, that those that run of draws arrived, um, it didn't really surprise too many people. And a lot of calls for a change in formation or for for players like Milinkovic, Savic, Luis Alberto to be dropped out of the team altogether, th- those things all started getting louder and louder. And thankfully, just before New Year, they managed to turn that around. Inzaghi did finally change um, the formation, tweaked it, and those big players are starting to find their form again. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a funny old season, but coming into the second half in the top four, um, 
maybe a lot of fans feel like should be a bit more comfortably in the top four by now rather than just one point. But that is a good position to be in and one that most fans would have taken at the start of the season, I think. Well, that, that's where you want to be at the end of the day. You want to be there. You want to be in the Champions League. Um, look at, look at like you kind of mentioned a couple of the players there. Obviously, um, Mr. Milinkovic Savic has been the the topic of speculation for a good while now. Um, most people actually were surprised he even stayed at Lazio in the summer, given it looked like he was going to be the kind of the sacrificial lamb, if you like, because Lotito should have got quite a lot of money for him. He probably will get quite a lot of money for him as well. But he stayed. Um, how have you kind of looked at his performances? I think he was in Serie A's team of the year last season. He was he was up in Milan. They were the old, I think he was the only Lazio player in that team. I think he was the only no, Immobile was there as well. Um, how has he been? Because after last season, started brilliantly, but kind of... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Blew off a wee bit in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. He's been probably the biggest disappointment of the season so far for this team. Um, yeah, you mentioned the transfer rumours. I don't think there was actually anything very serious in the summer. I was never really at a point where I was seriously concerned about him leaving because of the price tag that Latita put on his head and because of the the kind of ridiculous um, because of who stubbornness. <laughs> Yeah, Latito, when he sets a price, you know he's not going to budge easily. <laughs> and the price he set, there are only a certain amount of teams in the world that could have afforded to take Milinkovic Savic, and none of them appeared to be too interested. The question now is that, I mean, Latito came out a couple of days ago saying that he'd rejected 160 million euros for Milinkovic Savic in the summer. And you, you don't have to look very far to find fans here that will, will be saying, well, why didn't we take that? And uh, hindsight's a great thing, but. It, there's no doubt that his value has has dropped somewhat from what's happened so far this season. There are a few considerations to make with that, though. I think most of all, the fact that he was in the World Cup with Serbia this summer is for, he's still a very young player, and it's the first time he's had to deal with an international tournament. And he obviously came back late to pre-season, didn't get the the kind of requisite 
um, fitness training that perhaps he needed. He didn't look in shape at the start of the season. And then he's been kind of playing catch up ever since. Um, obviously, a lot more attention is is paid to him now. He's he's not a secret. Not that he was last season, but he was top of his game last season and I think it, everything altogether has just ma- meant that it's taken him a bit longer to get up to speed and we have now finally started to see promising signs he's he's scored twice in his last three games but I don't know I think something which is a bit harsh with Milinkovic Savic is that a lot of people seem to judge his performance or his form on how many goals he's scoring and forgetting that he's he's not a striker, but he's not even an attacking midfielder. He plays in, in a central three for Lazio, and one of his greatest assets is his ability to burst forwards. He's an aerial target. He's also very dangerous from range, but his job's not to score goals. I think just because he did hit double figures last season, there's suddenly this expectation on him to be a big goal threat, and I think he does need to be doing more than that, but his performances shouldn't just be based on that. But that's the thing that's you know, for those of us who've been watching him week in, week out, that's the thing that's been the most disappointing is that he just hasn't been dominating games in the way he should be. He's been sloppy in possession. He's um, he's, he's, he's not really dictated games and made as much of an impression as he should and as we know he can from last season. So it was, it was very promising before uh, the turn of the year to see him kind of show signs of that old form again. Um, but we'll have to wait and see if he's going to finish the season in a position where he's again going to be talked about as this 100 million euro player in the summer well, so what's key for him isn't it? If, if he can get to that level of performance again then Lotito will be rubbing his hands with glee because if, if he does kind of perform like that then you'd expect the team to come in with a reasonable offer um, a midfiel- another midfielder who did fantastically well last season and I think he was 2018's Lazio player of the year, Lucas Leiva um, how key is he to this Lazio team? It's fundam- for me, he's fundamental. Absolutely fundamental. Yeah, I mean, he's um, yeah, he's he's never going to be a, a player who uh, is front front page news. And it was nice to see him uh, awarded Player of the Year. I think he might have had some help from his Liverpool friends to, because it was a, a fan award and. I think most Lazio fans agree that Chiro Mobile probably deserved it more. But oh, what are you talking anyway. about, Alistair? Rubbish. You, you, <laughs> you want the midfielder to win that did like score three goals, not the striker that scored about fifty. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, he, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's he provides balance to this team, leadership to this team, and particularly in that midfield where the players either side of him, which is usually Milinkovic Savic and Marco Parolo. The strength of those two players is their ability to kind of time runs into the box and get forward and, and support the attacks. And often it's down to Lucas Leiva to pretty much anchor the entire central midfield by himself and prevent counterattacks. And he, he's been absolutely essential. And he has actually, as you mentioned there, he's chipped in with a few goals himself, which wasn't something he was really known for at Liverpool, but he has managed to do that. And I suppose what made that more evident than anything was the fact that when he was out injured was when Lazio hit that that poor run of form and when all those draws started coming in in November, December, Lucas was was out with a, a, a leg problem and then he returns to the team and lo and behold, some wins start coming back again. So I think I saw in the paper the the win might have changed now but there was a, a few weeks ago anyway, the Lazio averaged 
something like 1.8 points a game with him in the team and and about one without him. So he's essential to the whole team, uh, the whole way that the team functions, pretty much. There we go. And obviously you mentioned Big Chiro, Chiro Immobile. He got 29 goals last season. He's already got 10 this season and nobody scored more goals in the year 2018 than Immobile. Obviously, it's fantastic. Goals are great and all that. I want to be a bit negative, a bit down. Are Lazio too dependent on his goals? Um, yes. <laughs> last Simple. season, uh, last season there was an argument that that, that uh, we weren't, and there are a lot more goals coming from midfield, I suppose. Uh, but then when it, Chiro Immobile got an injury problem at the end of the season, lo and behold, Lazio had their spectacular late collapse and lost the Champions League place. Um, that was for me the number one priority for this for this summer was to sign uh, a backup for him, uh, not Felipe Caicedo, and oh, then we oh, were. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, Alistair Caicedo is a legend of football. <laughs> he is the he's the greatest backup striker that has ever been. How can you say to, these things? To be fair to Caicedo, <laughs> no, don't, he don't, has improved a lot this season. <laughs> oh my god! But. <laughs> He he's he's played a far bigger part this season than I expected him to, and he's worked in tandem with Immobile better than I expected him to. But he's not a number nine. He thinks he is, but he's not. He's someone that another striker can play off. And if Immobile picks up an injury, Caicedo's not going to be able to lead the line. And he's been tried as someone to lead the line, and it doesn't work. So if there is ever an injury problem, and I'm touching all the wood I can see around me right now. Uh, with Immobile, then we're in a lot of trouble. Um, the only other option there's really been is Luis, uh, sorry, um, Alessandro Rossi, but a young player, and he's barely had a minute on the pitch. And now he looks like he's going out on loan. So unless you're going to be playing false nines, Joaquin Correa or, or Luis Alberto, then there's no real other options. So don't get me wrong. I mean, having Immobile is a massive asset, and he's been absolutely incredible ever since he landed in Rome. But... Um, yeah, that, that is a concern. It's it's always going to be a concern, and especially this season where he's continued to score at a very good rate, but the players around him have, have stopped. There you go. And then going all the way to the back, um, Mr. Francesco Acerbi, who just plays all the time. I think is I don't know that you'll know the minutes probably off the top of your head. I, I certainly don't. But he just he, I think he's played every single minute this season, is he not? Or something like that, anyway. He has, yeah. Yeah, the lion. Um, yeah, I I absolutely love this guy. He's just the best guy ever. Um, he has made Stefan de Vrij a distant memory almost as soon as he turned up. And you, you'll find a lot of people who will argue that he's actually an upgrade on Stefan de Vrij. Um, he's, he's done so well in, in the, his adjustment into the team. He slipped into that role in the center of the back three effortlessly puts in a number of standout performances and yeah like you say he just never stops and um you know he's talked about this before and he's you know how he's he's beaten cancer twice um took time out of football to do that and then came back into the game to into the Sassuolo team where he was absolute rock at the heart of that defense and now he's I think he's around 146 games in a row uh, at the last count, I think I might be a bit off with that, but I think I'm right in saying Javier Zanetti's record is 162. So he is definitely bearing down on Zanetti, and he's 
been absolutely crucial to Lazio so far this season. An absolutely superb signing, and um, yeah, you, you'd be. Uh, I'd advise not to bet against him overtaking Zanetti eventually. Do you know where he learned his trade, Alistair? Do you know where he learned to be a great defender? Uh, in Milan? No, before that, Alistair. Before that. Is it Kievo by perchance? It was. And I, was think it? He, I think it was before, the season before he moved to Milan, he got in the Forza Time Football team of the season because he was amazing at Kievo. There you go. Oh, of Absolutely brilliant. Um, right, so look at some of the players that kind of, like, in general. And then kind of, Acherby kind of links into kind of general summer signings. Obviously, he's come in, been fantastic. What about some of the other ones? I'm thinking like likes of Correa, Badel. How, how have you kind of rated those guys? Um, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, really. Um, Correa has definitely got a tick beside his name. He's been a success. Um, he has, you know, he's had to work to get his chances. He's often been used as a kind of impact substitute in games, and uh, he's had to take it advantage of kind of small amounts of minutes on the pitch but he's really made a good impact he scored a, a fair few goals and he's kind of worked his way into the team now and to the point where Inzaghi's kind of changed to a Christmas tree formation just in time for Christmas to to be able to play him alongside Alberto and yeah so I think after Cherby he's he's definitely been the the next biggest success as a signing Badel, not so much, no. I mean, it's that's been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, at first, we weren't really too sure how he was going to be integrated into the team. There have been talks about playing him alongside Lucas, but that's a bit too defensive. And uh, instead, he's basically been a deputy to, to, to Lucas. But actually, when Badel's had his chances, he's not particularly impressed. And uh, Danilo, Danilo Cataldi's kind of emerged as another option in that position, that kind of regista position. position. And has actually played better than Badel um, in his his opportunities. So, I think he still needs a bit more time, possibly Badel, to to make an impact. I've not written him off yet by any means, but a lot of people have been a bit disappointed with him. Um, and beyond that, yeah, there are a couple more who we are kind of looking forward to seeing. Riza Dermisi, this uh, left wing back who came in from Betis, and uh, particularly Valon Berisha, who came from Salzburg. And, yeah, just again, uh, Dermisi and Berisha have both struggled with some injury problems during the course of the season, but they've not really been given too many chances. And uh, Inzaghi's been very faithful to the team of last year, and uh, he's been, I suppose, a bit cautious in integrating his new players, but it's got to that stage of the season where, uh, particularly when Milinkovic-Savic wasn't playing well, there, there was a big call for Berisha to be given more game time. But as it stands, just looking at it now, Berisha's had 10 matches, Dermisi's has eight. Um, so, yeah, we, we've, you know, I wouldn't give them a tick or a cross, just a straight line, really, that because question. we're yet to yet to see an awful lot from them. Yeah. Um, all right, and, and just quickly on, on Inzaghi. Obviously, Kinnaman and Lazio were going through that bad run. He was getting a lot of criticism. And like you, you mentioned about calls for change of formations and stuff like that. And kind of going to the extreme end, I did hear that this was kind of very, very faint. I want to add that, that like calls for him to to get the chop. Um, how would you kind of rate what he's done this season? I think he's doing really well, and I think that the the only reason that you you hear those things is because of the standards that Inzaghi has set, because of the expectations that he has raised with this club. 
he has provided Lazio with a level of consistency that previously didn't exist. And the fact that he's taken this team into top four, top five last two seasons and now still again is doing that. And he's a young coach. He's still learning what he's doing. He's also got the difficulty of trying to juggle that with European football. Took the club to the quarterfinals, the best European finish for, I think it was about 15 years last year. Um, I mean, I, I honestly... It, it, it frustrates me a lot when I hear people being critical and I just can't believe it when I hear people calling for him to be sacked. Um, of, he's made mistakes, don't get me wrong. Hmm. Um, I think there have been points at which he's been far too uh, far too faithful in his 3-5-1-1 system, which just hasn't been functioning to the same, same extent it did last year. I think he should have changed things up a bit quicker than he has. I think he should have perhaps... Uh, dropped Milinkovic-Savic or some of the other underperforming players when they weren't at the same level and were showing no signs of it. But I still have absolutely no doubt in my mind that he's the right guy to take Lazio forward and that we're far more likely to end up in a Champions League spot with, with him at the helm than, than anyone else. There you go, right. So I'm looking forward then. We've got obviously January transfer market and the second half of the season... Um, the question I was going to ask you is where what should Lazio be aiming for but the obvious answer to that is Champions League football um, what about kind of like maybe a trophy Coppa Italia Europa League I mean what do you expect what, there's, there's a better one what are you expecting in the second half of the season then we'll talk a bit about the transfer market expecting Lazio to win the Coppa Italia the Europa League and finish <laughs> in the top four everybody can dream Alice everybody can dream hey why not <laughs> um what am I expecting? Well, it's it's so hard to call with Serie A this season just because all the teams below that top three, and actually I'd probably drag Inter into this as well, they're just maddeningly inconsistent. And it's very hard to say um, who's going to come out on top of that pile to, to finish in the top four. Lazio, I, I think before New Year, we're looking like they'd turned a corner. We'll We'll soon find out if that's actually happened or not. But I I kind of expect this season to end up in a similar way to last season. But I just really hope it ends uh, with the slight margins of favour pushing us into the top four instead of the, uh, the, the game of which we shall not speak at the end of last season. Um, because one, one I think... One might be, it might not be I think, Europe. to be honest... Well, yeah, I think Sevilla might be a bridge too far in the Europa League. Uh, and if anything, <laughs> I hate to say it because I do, I do <laughs> you're like the Europa League. I can hear League. you struggling, Alistair. You're like, oh, I don't want to say it, but I'm <laughs> going to have to. <laughs> I do like the Europa League and I do want Lazio to take it seriously. But And I do want them to put out the strongest team possible in those games. But it's Sevilla. They're, if you're going to play any team in the Europa League, they're probably the worst team you can possibly play given their record in that competition. So I think that it's likely Lazio will bow out at that stage. Hope not, but possible. And then, uh, yeah, that at least allows the team to concentrate more on, on European football because, um, yeah, you know, Milan are already out. Um, Roma might be following them sooner rather than later. Who knows? And, it's going to come down to probably a scrap with those teams. So, yeah, I think I'm expecting Lazio to be up there in the fight until the end and and hopefully just edge it out and, and get into the... finally get that Champions League spot, which has been so 
kind of painfully elusive in, in the last few years. Yeah, well, well, uh, the January transfer market could help with that. Um, to be fair, there's not been that too much speculation, and most of it's been for fullbacks, which are often quite surprising given given the kind of especially what you said earlier about maybe the need of a goal scorer but i think zappa costa and darmian are two names i've seen floated around doing I mean, what are you expecting latito to kind of support inzaghi with a few more players come the end of january i hope so yeah i mean they the the right side of midfields and defense that's that's the priority number one at the moment because Adam Marisic's um, form has taken a fairly dramatic dip um, this season. He's he's not been nearly the player he was last year. Topped off with that draw at uh, against Torino before the break, where he gave away a penalty and got sent off. Um, and actually, the backups to him are basically just bang average. I mean, you've got Patrick, um, who you know he tries his best and he's a useful squad player, but he's not going to get you in the Champions League. That's like the worst um, thing to say about Bastard, a player. Like he tries Bastard. his best. <laughs> he does bless him um, and then Caceres and Basta both look like they're they're on the way out they've both mm. got contracts expiring this summer and, and uh, yeah I think they're pretty much done out of the equation so yeah I think by the signs of things I mean Igoitari said himself that it's going to be more of a selling market than a buying market which is no bad thing given the amount of deadwood in, in this Lazio squad that they need to get off the wage bill and I wouldn't really expect anyone to be coming in until until people have gone out, um, gone out the door. And yeah, for me, if we could get someone like Davide Zappacosta in, that would be absolutely ideal. Because what Lazio are ideally looking for is someone who can play on the right side of a three-five-two, but also drop into a back four. Someone with experience, but who's not who's not a veteran. And Zappacosta is twenty-six. He's not getting any games at Chelsea. He's, you know, his wage demands are within the club's capabilities. So, I think that that is a kind of realistic and impressive move for the for the team to go for. And yeah, in terms of the the kind of vice immobile, I think that would be, in my mind, something incredibly sensible to do. But the club seem absolutely determined to to not. And uh, there's not really been any links with with other strikers. Um, apart from this this young uh, Liverpool youth player, mm. uh, Bobby Adekanye, who was supposedly on the verge of signing until Lazio brought out a statement saying that absolutely uh, no talks have taken place and no no agreements been made. See, so now that's weird because Tar- was Tari not in Liverpool like going to basically bring him over and sort him out? I'm sure I read that somewhere as well. Well, it's been a strange old one because because there have been link there have been stories emerging in in both countries, you know, very strongly about it. And usually, when that happens, it's 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 there's some truth in it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to go ahead now. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't really expect anything more than potentially uh, a new recruit on the right side of midfield, but and and some of these other players, fringe players, to go out as well, like Alessandro Morgia, Alessandro Rossi. These these guys are talented young Italian players who need some game time but they're not really getting that at Lazio so I think they might go out on loan uh, they've been talked about Wallace being sold as well which it was actually a bit of a surprise because he's played quite regularly this season but I don't think uh, too many Lazio fans would be that disappointed <laughs> to see him go so um, yeah I, I don't know I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly interesting market but if it can end with someone like Zappacosta coming in that would be uh, be a big boost to Lazio 
and there you go, trimming the fat, Alistair. Um, so yeah, so, well, that's that's that's, that's done. So you can follow Alistair on the Twitter, and, and, and correct me if, if, if I'm wrong, it should be AKS McKenzie. Um, links will obviously be in, in the article and description and stuff like that, people. So if you're listening, then go and check it out. And obviously uh, go to the Lazio Lounge and you can hear Alistair every week on that, along with Vittorio talking about specifically Lazio and... You can also hear him on Forza Time Football because you and you not even hear him. You can see his pretty face as well when he's at, uh, at the stadiums at the Stadio Olimpico uh, after the games. Not just Lazio Roma as well. So Lazio fans, you can see how rubbish Roma are doing, and Alistair will tell you all about it. Um, right, that's it. We're done. Thank you very much, Alistair. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.